You're listening to Sibling Talk, commentary from a progressive point of view. Now here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tumer. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumer. Mary, uh, I have reporting to do, uh, late-breaking reporting, uh, and I will confess this is not just from me. This is from our Sibling Talk staff uh, who bring bring this in. But it's really interesting. You know, I'm most familiar here with uh, Catholic high schools. Uh, that's where I teach, and I have a number of friends who teach at other ones. And we're starting to hear how they're going to handle the return to school next week. And there was a lot of speculation, you know, would uh, people go remote? Would they do one thing or another? Here's a couple of common threads from several high schools. Everybody is pushing back by at least a day or in one case, two. The two is at the Jesuit high school because they always have to do it more and better than anybody, <laughs> anybody else. But the reason for all the pushbacks is all the schools that I've talked to here all want all of their students and faculty to get a test within the three days that precede the return to school. So they'd like to come back with a fully tested, uh, uh, tested student body and faculty. There's some other steps that are going on as well. But you know what made me think, uh, what this made me think about was are we seeing the early signs of what it will be like essentially to live with COVID? Uh, that we are, you know, in, in the early days, we didn't know what was going on. We shut everything down. Uh, now we have year and a half, close to two years into, into this. And we know these variants keep coming. Is the future going to be some kind of pattern that says you've got to have testing and testing becomes freely available available uh, along with masks maybe uh, vaccination very uh, or mandates is that going to be the world that we are just going to kind of readjust and say covid <laughs> is not going away and we have to figure out how to run a society with it the answer to that is Probably yes, and it does um, maybe just to look at a little bit of a different way. Are we running our based on um, diseases as many of our ancestors did, even up probably till the 50s, right? Where, you know, human populations and human individuals were the victim of whatever virus, whatever disease was spreading around. So I think I've, you know, I've talked about this before, how our parents probably would be super puzzled by this anti-vax thing. Like to them, vaccinations were such a miracle because they'd lived in a world where lives were destroyed by polio, where children routinely died of the mumps, measles, rubella, whooping cough. And all those vaccinations, <clears throat> which created a lot of health in our generation, um, and we weren't subject to the whims of these diseases going through communities, 
now we're back to how human beings have lived probably since the beginning of man. What's frustrating about it, I think, for most scientists and public health is um, it doesn't need to be that way. So, you know, COVID as a continued scourge probably could be tamed, but may well not be. Well, let me try some specifics with you. And I know I'm asking you to, you know, get your crystal ball out. Would you guess that at least at certain times in the year, we will always end up wearing masks? I mean, not year round, but when flu and COVID season is hot, that masks are just going to become a normal part of living. Right. And as they very much are in Asia. So if you go to Japan, China, most of Asia, people wear masks all the time. Now there's a couple of different reasons. One is pollution. And anybody's ever lived in a city with a lot of diesel pollution, a mask, like when I lived in Taiwan, sometimes I would wear, not a mask so much, but a scarf around my nose and mouth, just to, <clears throat> and this is, you know, how many years ago, 40 years ago, just to avoid the exhaust. So part of it's that, but part of it is because a country like Japan is very crowded. So it's not unusual on public transportation in buildings to see people masked. And I think we, I agree with you that we will, um, as we assist, as we assess the risks of hu human contact with, hu with individuals we don't know, that more and more people will be masked and we just get comfortable with it. And, um, and I was, <clears throat> as you know, I just flew home from Chicago yesterday where you have very high mask compliance because it's required. And people will tell you, you know, you go into a restaurant or we went to a museum, like, oh, you need to put a mask on. Um, it's just, it's like nothing, right? So I think you're right. We will get to the point where masks are nothing, not a big deal. And COVID is just, and, and the common cold is a, a COVID virus. So um, I think we'll get to the point where it'll just run through the population. The vaccinated will get a cold like we get any cold and other people will die from it like people die from the flu. Okay, I'm gonna make a guess for you. I think the uh, Supreme Court will not uphold the vac vaccination mandate. I think it's going to say that uh, the federal government overstepped. Oh, you do? Uh, I do. And I think, you know, we're gonna start, continue to see how just how conservative this, this court is. And I wonder if once that happens, if we change into a society that says, listen, I'm going to vaccinate myself because I think that's going to keep me out of the hospital. For the rest of you birds, whatever, do what you want. Do we give up on the idea of a hundred percent or almost a hundred percent vaccination? Uh, yes, and I think we're probably there because even the. Um, <clears throat> uh, the mandate only applies to businesses of 100 and more. So you've got a whole bunch of people that aren't going to be vaccinated or mandated to be vaccinated. So um, 
I don't know if I agree with you about the Supreme Court on that. And the only reason I say that is there's just such a long history in the United States going back to its founding of public health measures, um, really, and I hesitate to use this word, trumping uh, individual rights. So it's, it's going to be really interesting. And the reason that I thought that they would um, uphold the mandate um, and it's a mandate of that OSHA is enforcing and also um, Medicaid through um, any agencies that it provides funding for, nursing homes, things like that. So those are the two mandates that are before the court. <clears throat> and I thought that if the court was going to overturn the mandate, they would have upheld the stay because what's happening, and I have clients in this situation, um, is since they did, they did not allow, they didn't reinforce this, I mean, reassert the stay is maybe the way, because what the Sixth Circuit said is they upheld the mandate and they lifted the stay. What the Supreme Court said is, we're going to hear the case, but we will not reimpose the stay. So now businesses are um, implementing the mandate. They have to, because January 4th actually is the day that OSHA has said you have to be in compliance. So that made me think maybe the court would not reinforce, would not, um, would, uh, that the court would uphold the mandate. I don't know that, John. So that'll be interesting to watch and it's gonna happen very quickly, it must. And I don't know how much the court will be informed about this last three weeks or so, right? Because COVID has exploded and, um, Nobody's lives have been untouched by it in the last week, two weeks, right? It's just been insane. Um, so that, I think it's it's interesting. You know, Jen, I was reading this article about this guy. I'd never heard of him before, actually. And he's he's taken Rush Limbaugh's time slot on that AM radio that they broadcast on. And he also is a podcaster. He also appears on Fox, and his name is like Biagiorno or something. I, I literally had never heard about the guy before, but he's very influential, influential on in right when talking. And it was so interesting to read about what he thinks about the mandates and the vaccine. So this is what people are listening to. So you're never going to convince these people to get vaccinated if this is what they're listening to. And one of the things he said was, you know how the left thinks now? They think, okay, kill yourself. Don't get vaccinated. We don't care. We'd like to see you die. You know what I, mean? I was like, whoa, I guess we do say that. <laughs> I, I was going to say, uh, I hate to agree with somebody who took uh, Rush Limbaugh's place, but in my worst moments, I kind of think that. So what's interesting, though, is that twi turn that around, that if you're like a anti-vaxxer and you think I have a choice and you see, you see the liberals are exactly who we said they are. They want to kill us all off. So they run the country and the country becomes socialist. I thought, wow, the conversation is so twisted because we do think that some like, you don't want to get vaccinated. What do I care? You know, like we're saying, why is Trump starting to tout the vaccine? Because he's realizing it's his people that are dying. His voters are wow. dying. I that's mean, that not kind being of, cynical. That's a truth. That's it is. said. And it kind of leads to my, you know, my third question. I, we talked about vaccination. We talked about masks. 
I wonder if it comes to a point that the politics gets out of this public health question. But I think my real question there is, does it come to a point where the Republicans get tired of this as an issue? Maybe because something else becomes the issue. I, I suppose abortion is, is a possibility. They love critical race theory. But if they, in fact, are being as cynical about this as you and I think they are, then the point could come at some point, right? I mean, it could come at some point to say, you know what, uh, we bled everything out of this we can. Forget it, leave it behind. Yeah, I mean, groups will do that. Democrats do that as well. You know what I mean? It's like, we've milked this cow dry, now we're gonna move on to something else. It's just what what's so amazing about <clears throat> this pandemic and this experience is it just seems to um, go on and on without end. I mean, we're we're coming to 2022 and this really started at the end of 2019. So I I think COVID has a lot a lot more legs and a lot more disruption to be caused. And I know we talked about this the other day. Unfortunately, the current administration, I don't wanna say they're doing as badly as Trump did, but some days they're not doing any better. The messaging is terrible. The, um, it seems like they're not always following the science or when they are, it's, they can't articulate it. Um, and they also seem to be like personalizing it in some way. Like, you know, this is unfair. You want to know who it's unfair to? The, every single day, the kids that go to school that can't go back to school. Cleveland Public just said that they're not going to go back. They're called Cleveland Municipal now um, for another week or so. But they're going to have online learning. You know, again, we're, we're starting to react and react and react. And... Um, the one thing that, and this Omicron thing has proved this, we're reacting without giving benefits to the people who have done the right thing, who have been vaccinated and been boosted. So we're going to a wedding tomorrow and we talk, oh, should we not go? It's like, listen, we're vaccinated, we're boosted. The worst that can happen is we're gonna get like a cold. Why do we have to stop living because other people might get exposed and get really ill? And that's, you know, this is all about risk assessment. We've said this from the beginning. So once you've done the right thing, what we think is the right thing to be vaccinated and boosted, then you have to be starting to take risks or make a risk assessment that you can live with. And so be it. I agree with you. I, you know, the one thing I'd like Joe Biden to do at this point, I don't even know this in his nature, but it's to get the uh, heads of every related federal agency, CDC, FDA, HHS, get them all, tell them, I want you all in the office at 10 o'clock this morning and tell them, we have just sent out our last confusing, uh, incomplete, contradictory message. It's over. You see this guy here, Joe Klein. He's my chief of staff. I want every message that's going to go out to be run by him before it goes on a single airway, because we're going to get this administration together 
somehow. And if you can't get it together, and, and frankly, uh, what's her name? Walensky, is that the yeah. doctor yeah. Uh, there? Uh, you're first on my list. Uh, if you can't get it together, I'll get somebody else in here who can. Got it? And then send them all out. What do you think about that? Ooh, tough guy. Hey, tough guy, that's me. So what I hope, John, is that a year from now, when we're, pod one, I hope we still are podcasting, but two, when we are, that we are not talking about COVID. That's my me hope too. for 2022. Okay, let's make a promise that we will not talk about COVID tomorrow. How's that? All right, done. Let's talk about Trump instead. <laughs> all right, talk, talk to you later. Bye. bye. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song by David Paulette.